you're in this planet, you're living every day, and you don't believe in God, you don't have faith, um, you don't see a plan or a purpose, like, how do you go on? Like, how do you, like, I just feel like it would just be all suffering. Like, this whole thing would be suffering and delay of suffering. Hi, and welcome back to the Grotta Podcast. You are listening to part two of the mini-series Table in the Valley. If you haven't listened to the first one, we recommend that you go back and take a listen. So in this episode, we dive deeper into shaping your vision into reality and talk about a whole bunch of things like sharing your vision, opening up yourself to divine appointments, getting into the flow state, positioning your mind, and Mike and Steve share more from their own personal experiences. So please enjoy this conversation with Steve Kim and Michael Yu. So yeah, that's the kind of the things that I've been doing for, you know, for a long time, for a long time. And it seems to like, and it's each their own, right? So I think everyone yeah. has their, their process. And so, but yeah, it's something that I look forward to every year. So when you ref- reflect on the previous year and then your, um, you know, vision casting for the next year, the change from the previous year to the, the next year, is it more of a pivot or has there been times where it's like a major change? Cause I can, I can, you know, kind of think now after going through a year of 2020 for everyone i feel like if people are going through a big change they probably want to make it really drastic but like mm-hmm. has that been your experience is that a wise thing to do or just kind of make minor pivots well i think if you know you're doing the wrong thing like you should change that immediately mm-hmm. um and there's no time like i think a lot of people are like i'm something that i learned just is is that like you know, if you know you're doing the wrong thing, like you're in the wrong industry, you're in the wrong job, you're in the wrong relationship, people are always like, okay, I'm going to give it like another three, six months, see how it plays out. If you know it's wrong, you've prayed about it, you know it's wrong, and it's a net negative to the world <laughs> and to like maybe in God's in God's eyes as well, I think you have to change it immediately. I don't think you should, you shouldn't wait until December to do it. I think you should just do it, in, you know, like right away. Um, that's after, you know, obviously potentially talking to some um like praying about it for sure. Um, talking to people that are, um, that are elders to you, um, and seeing those things. So, um, I've been really fortunate that, um, I haven't had to make any like substantial monumental shifts, um, you know, from a career standpoint. So everything's been pretty incremental. Mm. Um, so, and even though it's like, it's pretty, it's been pretty logical for the most part. Um, because in that discovery phase, I'll, you know, yeah. So it's been pretty incremental. So mm. like, for example, just in my own experience, I started as a solo realtor, like selling houses. Um, I got really lucky and, and, and worked really, uh, you know, worked long, long hours. And, you know, I became a successful independent solo realtor. So then what did I do is I, I was like, I need help. So I started, I hired people to help me to sell houses. Mm. And then I built a team. And then that team became a, a very successful team. I said, okay, well, now that we have a successful team, let's teach other people to do the same thing. Because now that we've understood how to do it, we can teach others. So let's build school, a, a brokerage mm. that does that. And then we built the brokerage. Gotcha. And then basically, so it's, it's all been pretty logical. And I've had, like, I knew that we were going to do like the plan was to do that when I first got started in real estate. So like, uh, it was either going to be doing a brokerage or going through developments and I dabbled in developments, but I didn't have the stomach for it. 
mm. because I'm a very risk averse person. And so I, when I was 24, I was a success. When I was 24, I was a successful independent solo realtor and I was given an opportunity to work for a development. And in that development, um, um, I struggled in, in it, in a sense. Um, what does that mean working for a development, like to sell the, yeah, the sales and the marketing okay. of a development. Um, and, uh, like well, I me, mean, my family had a little investment in it as well. And that caused a lot of, uh, strain on it, on, on the family. And also, you know, with, if you ever see one of these developments get done and you're like, these developers are making money hand over fist, they're taking so much risk mm. and they're paying for everything first before they get the big payout at the end. They're paying mm. for like five years straight. They're suffering for five years until the building is built. And at any moment that building could burn down at right. any moment that built and they've paid everything. All the contractors, all, all the contractors, yeah. everyone gets paid first. You get paid last. Mm. And do you get paid well at the end? If you set it up well, you do, but many developers go bankrupt. Mm. Many, many developers go bankrupt. Many developers make the wrong decision in buying the wrong lot. One change at City Hall happens, and all of a sudden, their project that was going to be a 30% profit margin just got to negative 10, mm. and you're midway through the project. And right. you're just like, okay, what? Like, they're taking tremendous risks. That's why they make so much money. Um, and so, yeah, so kind of went down that path and it was kind of a logical thing. And then basically, um, uh, yeah, I, I decided that I didn't have the stomach for it. So I made that decision to do the brokerage. And oh. so, but it was incremental, like it's kind of been like little pivots when I knew kind of, you know, from, from the, from the career perspective for sure. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we're scaling the business, um, and, uh, we want to offer better services to people. We want to like uh, help more people, um, and that kind of you know. And now it's just making those those right decisions, um, uh, and yeah, kind of go from there. Hmm. So like now I have this other idea of like building uh you know with uh, our brokerage kind of growing and doing these things. I we're starting to fortunately enough. Um, um, build some profits into the company and now we're now it's like stewarding those profits well mm. so it's now we're looking at um like we're starting to buy different look at different opportunities and um and that's been really fun looking for my own opportunities and kind of building up my own portfolio and now after you know in the next few years the plan is to start a private equity fund or firm wow. where we can help other people like with their, um, you know, with, with being able to, to position themselves well for their family's wealth and future. But I want to make sure that I can do it well for my own family. And then once I can do that, just the same kind of process, then we'll work into this other thing. So it's been kind of, for me, it's been very logical. Like, mm. I feel like it's been like, it just seems like it makes sense. Um, and so, you know, looking at the kind of like steps to, to get there, it's like Steve was saying, like very deep preparation. Um, wow. Like talking with conviction and also speaking with some of these elders and then kind of making the right, doing the right little steps to get out of the, get out in the, in the right, in the right stage. I feel like I just monologued for the no, that's great. <laughs> it's like 30 minutes. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and that vision, like you, you plan like five, 10 years into oh, the future, right? And yeah. Like, it's way out there. Yeah. I plan like, Steve, do, how long, how far out do you, do, do you do a lot? You do a lot of planning. 
Yeah, I do. Sometimes, but I think I like what you're saying about um, it's logical for you because I think you knew this is what you wanted to do. But I think there's a lot of people out there that they're still discovering. They're discovering what they want to do. And I think it takes time. So maybe, you know, what Josh is saying, it might not be a good idea to pivot so drastically while you're in the discovery process is you might be giving up on something because you're going through a tough time. Because, you know, in everything that you do, there's ups and downs. So, yeah, I would caution, you know, just because you're going through a tough season and you don't, every, when everyone goes through a tough season, like marriage or whatever, mm. <laughs> you don't want to give up on it. Uh, just right. give, it, give it the, give it some time. There's valleys and highs, so. I would just caution with that. Mm-hmm. Have more discernment. So what's this? What do you, have you guys ever seen any like, well, have you guys ever seen any signs to make sure that you're on the right like path? Um, um, like what, what are your experiences with that? Steve, do you have any experiences with like signs or like, you know, well, signs, I don't know. I, I guess for me, signs are like open doors. Mm-hmm. Like openings are like, that's what favor is, right? Like open doors and people coming into your life, divine, like divine appointments, people who are going to help you. So I, I guess the first thing is just make sure you, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, when you're sharing your passions with people and then it's really of God, then God will bring people around your life. And you got to keep talking about it. And then you know, it's kind of like spreading the seed, see where it's going to land. You know, so I, I guess when I when I feel like I know what I'm supposed to do, I start talking about it. Mm. I start sharing with people. And then if it lands on, if it lands and it grows and it hits, hits you know, it, spark something that's a sign and maybe i'm supposed to work with this person kind of like you pray about it uh when it doesn't it doesn't so um you just kind of look for like signs right look mm-hmm. for like favor like look for success mm. look. so it's just in my field before when i was a pastor if i was preaching and then everyone was sleeping and <laughs> no his church there's nobody coming to church that's mm-hmm. a sign right right you don't have to be like a genius to know that maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. But the mm-hmm. sad thing is there's a lot of people out there preaching in front of like 20, 30 people for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't know if that's what you were supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds harsh, but <laughs> that's reality. Like mm-hmm. you, I don't want to be doing anything that I'm not gifted in mm-hmm. and that God has not. So if my design, my giftings point to my design, right? Mm-hmm. like what I'm good at, what I'm naturally gifted in uh, points to what I'm supposed to be doing. And then it goes to the next question. Like, so once I know those things, how can I help? What is my platform to mm-hmm. like enrich the world, to, like advance God's mission or mm-hmm. help people? Like, so, so that's, that's my, that's not my first question, but my next, second question. Mm-hmm. I know, 
people are like, well, that should be your first question, first motivation. But it is in the general sense. But I think I can't help anybody if I'm not doing anything that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I got to fi- first find out what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm good at, what I'm designed to do. What is my psychologist say flow? What is mm-hmm. my flow? What is my natural flow of? You mean you mean the flow state? There's a psychologist. Uh, I think it's. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Krasinski. Krasinski. Okay. Yeah, and then he he's ta- he talks about flow. It's your natural state. It's you. It's your uh, natural, genetically inclined disposition to want to do something. So, how you know your flow is like it's something that you can do for four hours. And then it feels like it was like 30 minutes. Right. But that's but sometimes people mistake that with your hobby. So you can love playing basketball for four hours, mm-hmm. but you suck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't right. mean you're supposed to be an NBA player and you're mm-hmm. five feet. Right. So that, it's just as your hobby. Mm-hmm. But a flow is like you have a natural gifting and an affinity. Right. And people also recognize that you're gifted in that and they want to help you develop it. Mm-hmm. So you want to curate your gift in mm-hmm. your flow. Um, and so I think that's something that people need to discover, but then the flow doesn't mean that it's always easy. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It has to be challenging. You know, like people can be, you know, fixing cars. It's their flow. They can spend hours on it and they're, they're really gifted at mechanics. Mm -hmm. And so that's their flow and they love doing that. Mm -hmm. But so that's their gifting. That's what they have to give to the world. And how can I, help people with this mm-hmm. with this gifting to work with my hands so it doesn't mean necessarily working with cars it could just means you're you're good with your hands yeah when have you ever been in flow me yeah well i did a paper for my masters and then it's like one of my professors he's actually pretty famous uh, i didn't know that when i was taking his course i thought he was a fluff course it's like you know those gpa boosters <laughs> leadership wellness it's so flaky <laughs> But I, I, read, I found out he's pretty famous in America. Um, Should have known his book cost $100. And he was like, what the heck? What is this book? <laughs> but um, yeah, he asked me to do a project on my flow. He made me read this book. And then that book I was talking about. And then he wanted me to do a project on my flow. And then hmm. wanted me to reflect. And then so only time I could actually... Like, remember, because I, what he was describing, I was like, oh, that's only when I was, like, when I was preaching. Okay. So I gave him a, one of my sermons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not a Christian. Right. So it's, it's like nobody. And then my my classmates were looking at it, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, I gave him one of my sermons that I was, like, really in, like, flow. And what? then he, he commented back, and he mm-hmm. said, oh, you were definitely in flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which sermon was it? Uh, it was one of my old ones, uh, but I was just kind of like off my notes and just like talking. And mm-hmm. and uh, you can see, you can also hear the response from the audience. Mm-hmm. That was when our church was like a couple hundred people. And you could hear the roar, like the laughter. Mm-hmm. and the, So I wanted to show him that there was like interaction. So mm-hmm. it's not just me. It's just like the response that you're getting. Mm-hmm. So I've always known that uh, like not just, making speeches but just preaching i guess was i think it's a gift mm-hmm. I, I know that i've i'm not the most articulate person 
I always say, I'm an immigrant, so have grace on me. I get get all words mixed up, but Mm -hmm. I think preaching, I've always had, from the first sermon I've ever preached, people have always come up to me and said, man, you got the gift. Mm -hmm. So wherever I've gone, people have said, oh, you got a gift. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm like, that's one of the worst sermons I've ever preached, Mm -hmm. they'll always say something like that. Oh, God spoke to me or something. Mm -hmm. So I know that it was God using me for something Mm -hmm. in that direction, so... Um, I've been away from it for three years, mm-hmm. uh, but ref- in reflection, I, I think I just like, I'm not Michael Jordan or anything, mm-hmm. but it's like Michael Jordan had to step away from basketball and play baseball for a while right? to realize, okay, I like baseball, but I love basketball. Mm-hmm. So I had to step away and be like, you know, do some coaching, consulting mm-hmm. and um, teaching I like teaching and I like doing all those things, but I, I realize my flow is preaching. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to do more of that in the coming years. Yeah. That's, How, that's my flow. And, you know, knowing, knowing that is something that's, that's a gift. Um, and kind of coming to a realization of that is, is, um, you know, is something that not everyone gets to have, um, you know, in, right away in their life but i think having that realization is great so but i think yeah. everyone has it oh yeah everyone has it but i i i really feel like a lot of people don't know how to get it or mm-hmm. they don't re- re- realize that something else is possible for them mm-hmm. and then they get stuck so it's good that when you're talking about homeostasis mm-hmm. state of like you know status quo mm-hmm. uh, and you want to push out it push your boundaries but when I look at you, you know, you you kind of, you, you know, we work together, and we I've talked to you about it, but you're you definitely in your flow, in your in your realm, uh, whatever platform you use, whether it's an equity firm or real estate brokerage, you're in in the general lane, and like you're in the general river of like creating wealth and finance. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. Right, that's like uh, like that's like Zacchaeus in the Bible. Hmm. You know, Jesus. We always think like Jesus like goes to all the homeless and the prostitutes and the poor, mm-hmm. and then people always say these things like, like sentimentally. He does, but he also reached out to like the rich tax collectors, mm-hmm. the rich man. Zacchaeus was the richest. Hmm. He was a crook. I'm not saying you're a crook, <laughs> <laughs> right? But um, he positioned himself to see Jesus. He like climbed a tree mm-hmm. so he could be noticed. Mm. Right. Get Jesus' attention. Mm-hmm. So I think hunger gets Jesus' attention and um, he changed his life. So, mm-hmm. but, I, I, but he had a gift. Zacchaeus had a gift to generate wealth. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's also a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are really good with finance and money and skills, investments. But I see you, you're good at that. And so when I tell people who are wealthy, I don't, it's not like I know a lot of people, but I've told you this too, right? I said, wealth is wealth has to be, prosperity has to be for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you are prosperous, whether you're a nation or a province or a group or a church or an individual, uh, you're prosperous for a purpose. Like Abraham was prosperous mm-hmm. for a purpose. Right. Why was that? To bless the nations. Mm-hmm. So it's good that you're always like thinking about how to help people and, and so you want to, and then it's your natural 
it's not accidental. It's not just luck. It's not, it's just God leading you because you're doing your, what you're supposed to do is just leading you into the river, the tributary. The -hmm. river is going to the ocean. The ocean is ultimately, when you said to me yesterday, we were having lunch and you said you want to open up an equity firm. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Because Mm -hmm. it's, everything is your trajectory of God's favor in your life is leading in that direction Mm -hmm. to just keep accumulating but because you have a heart to like help people, I think he's going to keep blessing you. So if you just keep giving away, the more you get, mm-hmm. um, then he's just going to keep filling. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would say, you know, just keep, keep your heart in that direction. And, um, you know, he will prosper you for a purpose, but you're, you're in your flow. I mean, Definitely. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And you get jazzed up. I don't know. I don't want to give a picture of what Michael's like at work. <laughs> yeah. Michael's pretty like tame right now. Mm-hmm. He's like calm. Right. <laughs> but when he's at work, he's like all jazzed up. <laughs> he's like, like it's, this, I know, oh, this, he's supposed to be doing, this is what he wants to do. Like he's like excited. Yeah, I, I do, you know, I, I do get excited. And I'm, I'm really fortunate, um, you know, just try, like I, it's never been a, it hasn't been a chore for me to go into the office. Like it was weird. Like when I was going to the office to, um, like fold flyers when I was first getting started, I never was like lamenting life. I was actually pretty like I was, yeah, I was just, I was pretty, I, I, yeah, I was in a, in a happy state, you know, and like just, you know, it was funny when I used to, before, when I first got started, we, um, we had like we didn't have a folding machine at the office <laughs> so you used to like hand fold the flyers um that we would send out and um i remember like every time i was folding those flyers a lot of people would be like oh you know it's what it, like it's so dumb like you know you're wasting your life folding these flyers but i was like one of these is gonna work (laughs) like one of these is all it takes is one of these things to work Mm. and if it works then you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of positivity that comes at the end of it and so like you know i guess it's how we position our it's in in a lot of ways how we position our minds and Mm. uh, you know i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how we position our minds and just how we position things in in you know in um uh, in general. So like, um, how do you guys, you know, while you're reflecting or preparing, how are you positioning your minds like, uh, in, in that, in, in that way? Um, you know, because I feel like many people, including myself, like have this worst case scenario, kind of like, you know, this isn't going to work anyways, type of frame in many, in many parts of their life. Um, and so, yeah, like how, how do you guys, like, do you guys have a, a ritual, a practice or something that you do to kind of, to, to just change? Cause your mind is going to go in that direction no matter what, you know, but do you guys have something that you like kind of like use as a stopgap or use as a tool to try to, to like, um, well, frame number it well? one, ultimately like God is for you, right? So you have to believe he's for you. He is not against you. So he wants to bless you this throughout all of the Old Testament. So he chose Israel to be a, like a sample or a reflection of God's like love for them and divine protection and favor. 
So um, it took them hundreds of hundreds of years for God to finally like release his hand of protection because they were so rebellious. But at the end of the day, he chose them to, he chose Abraham and his, all his descendants to be uh, a par example of like his divine favor. So all the nations would know what kind of a God he was. So he's for you. And I think no matter what I'm going through, I'm a, uh, uh, that's my, that's my safety net. Mm -hmm. I know that God is mm -hmm. for me. He's not against me. He has to plans to prosper me, mm -hmm. to give me a hope and a future. So um, that has to be my backdrop. That's like my stopgap measure. If I'm going through like some winding, bad, dark place in my mind. Right. I have to. And then I recount all the times that he was for me mm -hmm. to remember. So it's like a trajectory. Right. COVID, COVID trajectory. Right. But in the, in the good sense, it's going up. Yeah. I wonder how people that don't have faith or don't have a belief in God, how they overcome that. Like, it seems like it would be. I think that's why they live the hustle life. Like they're burnt out and they just got to keep digging in. Mm -hmm. Like, like they don't, they never talk about like operating out of rest and things like that. Like we talked about in the church. Mm -hmm. So it's very different. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's pretty hard. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's hard for people. And I think, um, it's the kind of life that we want to live, right? If you want to mm -hmm. live a life, if you want to live the grind, you want to climb the ladder of success, climb the mountain. I don't know if you've ever climbed a mountain. It's freaking hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hate climbing. I don't know. I did it in Hawaii one time. Mm. It was a waste of my two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just going through the going through the mountain, you can't see anything, and then finally you get to the top. Oh, I got a view. Well, <laughs> I could have just got a helicopter ride. It's the same thing. So I I don't know. It's just I guess there's there's beauty in the grind and perseverance and all that. But uh, for me, I don't like to climb anything. I like I like quantum leaping. You know, mm -hmm. physics quantum leap. Mm -hmm. You're at one place, and then next thing you know, you're at a completely different place. Mm. And so for me, live, like life with God is a quantum leap, quantum mm. leaps. Like one moment you're here, one moment and you're in prison. Next moment you're at the palace of the king. Mm -hmm. Like I like to live like that. And so I've had, I have had so many experiences like that, that I, it's more, way more exciting. Mm -hmm. But then it, it, it depends so it all depends on what kind of life you want to live. Mm -hmm. I think if you live the grind, a lot of people give up climbing halfway through the mountain and you die in the middle of the mountain without any vision. Just like this is too hard. Mm -hmm. Or But some people just kind of, you know, just want to live a different kind of life of obedience, understanding their purpose, taking risks, having faith, trying things, having mm -hmm. hope. Uh, and ultimately... I would say, yeah, it's good to believe in something. Mm -hmm. How how neurotic is it? Oh, how like depressing is it for you to live a life without God? Like you are in the, you are the master of your own life. That's pretty depressing, mm -hmm. because nobody that that living like that is an illusion. It's it's like so. There's a helpless feeling. Uh, yeah, that's what I was trying to, like, kind of thinking about and alluding to. I, I was, um, like, if if your life is void of God and 
you're in this planet, you're living every day, and you don't believe in God, you don't have faith, um, you don't see a plan or a purpose, like, how do you go on? Like, how do you, like, I just feel like it would just be all suffering. Like, this whole thing would be suffering and delay of suffering. You know, that's... You know what's interesting? That the, the suicide rate in developing worlds is way less than in the Western world that is, like, so prosperous. Hmm. I think I read it's like 30% or I don't know. It's a high number, like of people who are depressed. And then so I think it's 33% people who are diagnosed with depression in North America. So I, I, I could be wrong, but. Is it because they, they like tasted the, like whatever, the, the achievement and, and realized that it's still empty? No, I think it's because we live in an atheist. We. I think most people are practical atheists. I think they live in a world of their own making and then and then they have this they blind they blindly believe that they can control their destiny. And then so like oh, for example of COVID, people going through COVID, I, I don't I just can't imagine how people are going through COVID without God. Like it's a, I think it's awakening for a lot of people to realize, oh, you're not in control, man. The government's in control. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't believe the government is in control of my life. They make, make rules, but God is in control. He controls my life. So I submit to him, mm -hmm. ultimately. So um, I know that he is for me. So this is all going to end. And I believe that. And mm -hmm. I believe it's going to end for my good, mm -hmm. somehow. So... I have to believe in that somehow, but I think people who don't have that, um, if it they're everything is going terrible, they don't see that the trajectory could be you know like a trajectory. Mm -hmm. It was going good, and now it's just a dip. But that some some people might think that dip is a cliff, mm. Mm. and there's no there's no trajectory up. But for Christians, every dip, every like drop off is just a dip. It's mm -hmm. not a cliff. You're not gonna die. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, that dip is necessary for reflection, mm -hmm. for pruning, or for like uh, new directions. Mm -hmm. So it it could somehow ultimately work out for your good, for your blessing. So mm -hmm. I think that's why I think for a believer, there's always hope. Mm -hmm. There's always like that anticipation of good. Mm -hmm. There is like the it's like the virgins waiting for Jesus, the bridegroom who's Jesus It's in the parables. Mm -hmm. And then the one that anticipated with the lamp on got to see him because mm -hmm. they, she believed he's coming. Mm, wow. She believed he's coming. Mm -hmm. People who gave up, like he's not coming, nothing's happening. They give up on God. Right. Hmm. But people who actually believe he's coming, you know, they saw Jesus. They saw the favor. They mm -hmm. saw the, they met the bridegroom. So... Um, that's how I choose to live. I choose to live. It's always, every day is a new day. Every day could be the moment where God snaps his fingers and everything changes for my life. Mm -hmm. That's, but I have to prepare. I have to prepare in anticipation for that. And I have to be faithful in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right? I have, and so I really like what you said about like folding, was it folding paper? Folding the flyers. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, Everybody should listen to that and take note. Like, faithfulness, you know, um, garners, the, garners the attention of God. Mm. 
faithful in little, faithful in much. That's what the Bible says. So it shows like your faith. Faithfulness shows faith. Mm-hmm. That I might be like cleaning the floors, but I know that God is my boss. Mm-hmm. So I might have the worst boss on the planet Earth, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because God is your boss. He can mm-hmm. use the worst boss on the planet to promote you. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, the people who promote you in life and advance you is God. Mm-hmm. He's He's watching. Mm-hmm. You know, so He's watching what you do when no one's looking. So I think, wow. I try to I try to live by that principle. Mm-hmm. That's what, where I have hope. Like God is my boss. Bonnie Henry is not my boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll follow her rules because I have to be obedient to civic governance unless it violates my rights and right. But. Uh, my beliefs, but at the end of the day, yeah, I'll I'll do that. But ultimately, Bonnie Henry, Premier Gordon, you're not my boss. <laughs> you don't rule my life. Like God is the boss over me, mm-hmm. and He's in control. He can turn things around within a second. So that's how I choose to live. That's what gives me hope. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you're if you're out there and you're just it i remember times before i learned about god and before i um you know committed to to uh, like to having a life where i followed god where i um where i loved him and where um if I was called to serve um, in in another way, I, I would I would do so. Um, the life before that was suffering until the next like momentary pleasure. Like mm. it felt that that was, and I would always chase a momentary pleasure. And when I obtained that momentary pleasure, I was extraordinarily disappointed. Really? So, yeah. Mm. So like for example, when I first started, um, uh, even the happy guy making the flyers. Like he was 23 years old and he didn't have God. Um, and he thought that when I hit a certain, when I win this award at my real estate office, I will be happy. Mm. And then you get it. And it's just like, you feel nothing. There's no, um, there's people patting you on the back, but basically what all I was worried, all I was at that point was like, oh, they're like, uh, you'd think that they would, there would be more joy out of it, but there's no joy. Mm. And, um, and then it's like, no, I'll win this bigger award and then there'll be joy, joy there. And then there's none. And then you get the girlfriend you never thought you'd ever have. And then there's none. And it's just like, there's all this kind of, that's why I'm just like, so, uh, um, I'm not, I, people that don't have that experience and that relationship with God are, really they're not they'll never be fulfilled like they'll never be like that's what and i feel like not to say like they will i know that they will never be fulfilled and it's like it it kind of pains me a little bit to see people like steve and i were talking about like seeing people like vancouver's one of the lowest faith cities in terms of people that have, you know, and it's just like people are walking around like unfulfilled. Mm. And so it's just really kind of like, ah, gee, like that's, it's painful. 
actually. Like, yeah. like when you were hitting those markers and those levels of achievements, like did you know what you were looking for to to get fulfilled, or you just knew like maybe this will like fill that that void or or whatever that feeling, and then you realize it didn't. So were you just kind of going from achievement to achievement, or you're looking around? Like in terms of fulfillment, I, think, I feel like, uh, well, I think you make these assumptions that some things will deliver you happiness. Mm -hmm. So you make these assumptions that when I have the best girlfriend in the world or the best wife in the world, that like you will obtain happiness and then it will be prolonged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that there's momentary blips of 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 pleasure. I call it pleasure. I don't even call it happiness. It's like pleasure mm. and. Then it's like okay, and then it becomes normal, and then it's like okay, well, hmm. then then there's like this extraordinary drop off, like that. It's just it's right off a cliff. It feels like, but um, um, you know, well, same thing when you have kids. Hmm. A lot of people like think that they they'll have kids and then they'll be happy, but it doesn't mean that you're not happy. You have moments of like oh joy and bliss, but there's lots of people who have kids and they're miserable. Hmm. Um, that's just from experience they they uh, they just didn't think it was going to be like that hmm. so i think it's it's anything i think that you're right you can just it can two people have kids or two people have jobs and then one is completely fulfilled because they see they see the job from the right perspective mm -hmm. and they see raising kids from the right perspective like what is their purpose in mm -hmm. this and they see it from the eyes of God. And then right. there's people who just do it. And then they think that that itself is the... It's like people during Christmas playing with the box instead of the toy. Right. My kids used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when they were little, they're like, oh, look at this box with this gift wrap. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. play with the toy. The toy. <laughs> so it's like... Um, so I think all those things are like the box and the gift wrappings. Mm -hmm. It's the shiny things. But really, the, what's what is... What's the toy? What what is the deeper thing? It's it's like it's like God in you, right? I think as Christians, the Bible is very clear. Mm -hmm. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of God. Blessed means in Hebrew it also means happy. Mm. Happy is the man who finds God. Like I don't know how else to explain it. It's very clear. So if uh, if you don't have God, I think you will be searching for it, and then you'll just be playing with the box, not really the the source. Mm. You're always talking about the source code. Mm -hmm. Source code. Source code is God. Mm. I think on that, that's a perfect um, uh, note to end on. Um, you know, we and we hope to bless a lot of people out there, mm -hmm. uh, and God to bless you guys out there. Uh, but if you've enjoyed this podcast, um, uh, this uh, mini series that we just did, <laughs> uh, do us a favor, rate us uh, five out of five on whichever plat podcast platform you're listening to. Um, and if you if you're curious about faith, exploring your faith, or feel free to um, message us on Instagram at the Grotto Podcast, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, email us at thegrottopodcast at gmail.com yeah if you want to hear a topic or you want to hear something um, new from us or you want to just even get to know us a little bit better um, feel free feel free to message us there uh, until next time thanks so much guys yeah thanks for listening to the grotto podcast all right bye